Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life, and welcome. Hey, you guys. Um, I guess tonight what's going to be mostly just about raising kids in a blended family. Isn't that what we're all doing? And we're trying. <laughs> I mean, and trying to stay married. Giving it our bestest. Yeah. Gosh, it's so, warm here tonight. It is. It's been warm here in... I don't... Where are we? <laughs> in California somewhere. Central coast. Central coast of California. That's where... I guess that's where we live. I don't know. It's been warm here. Sucking yeah. my brain juices out. Yeah. So, all right. Where do we want to start? Um. So, I think. To, well, we're just gonna start with the first question. Okay. We're oh, so we're answering questions tonight. We're we are your questions. No. Well, no. We're whose questions? We're gonna answer some questions, but then I thought that I was. De- I actually have been dealing with, which you know, stuff with my daughter. Okay, I, I saw some of that in, in our notes, in our show notes, and yeah. I'm like, hmm, do people have the same questions? No, I thought it was it was good topics, though, to bring up, because I'm not the only one dealing with this. Right. Okay. Um, and I thought it'd be helpful, and it's always good to oh, share our lives. Like, if we're not going to open up and share our lives, then I don't what's know. What's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Um, but the first thing we're going to talk about is someone had written in to us saying that um, it's very difficult when a, a stepmom wrote in and basically the stepchild comes home from dad's house. And no, I have this completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. Here we well, go. No, I've been answering so many questions right. and writing back so much today. Things kind of get jarbled in my head. But basically the question is, you know, how do you help kids cope with the back and forth between homes um, and the adjustment period from when kids go back and forth? So if a kid's been with the other parent, they come back to you. It takes them a minute to reacclimate, to adjust. Um, Oftentimes they come home with attitude or they're negative or they come home and they're standoffish. I've seen standoffish and Mm -hmm. distant. And it takes kids a minute to adjust. And so how do you help kids adjust easier between the transition? And then how do you, as parents, you know, deal with the hardship of the attitudes and all the things that are going on? Because it's hard. It's hard on everyone, um, that transitional period of time. For sure. Yeah, it affects yeah. the entire family. Um, I mean, unless they come back just perfectly reset ready to go but that's just that's never the reality of it i feel like there's always 
some little quirks that we have to deal with. You know, something's happened at the other house. Something's Mm -hmm. happened at our house that we need to talk to them about. You know, there's always, there's always something. Yeah. And I think in this situation too, the child, you know, it was hard because was trying to, I think you have to talk to your child to figure out. I think people get so mad or so caught up in the child's misbehavior or emotion that they forget to check in and ask them what's going on. Even in the simplest terms, you can pull stuff out of kids and have them explain, you know, their feelings. And once they can identify, I'm sad, I miss dad, I miss mom, um, I really just don't like the video games at your house. I prefer the video <laughs> games at, you know, the other house. Um, I well, have like, we dealt with that one? We have. Um, but, you know, there's a whole variety of reasons from really deep to really shallow that kids may come home feeling and acting horribly. And I think you have to know what you're working with. You have right. to check in. You have to ask what's going on. Um And so I think that step one is just, you know, asking what's happening, you know, identify the feeling. And then once they can identify the feeling, you have to find out, well, what is making you feel that way? Well, the good thing about doing that, too, is the kid learns to talk about their feelings. Their feelings aren't always suppressed and held within. So if if you start asking them about stuff, the more you do it, the more they're going to get comfortable and confident with talking to you about it and it's going to become a safe space and it's going to become an easy thing to do and all that does is sets them up for communication skills as they get older that's a really really good point you know i think men especially are really taught to not talk to deal with it suck it up buttercup and that's all fine and good but back in the day you didn't deal with two households as much as you do now so because Times are different. I, I think it's just super important to check in with kids and see where they're at um, and give them the opportunity. Always give your children the opportunity to be able to tell you what they're feeling. And if they can't tell you what they're feeling, I've also given this advice out a billion times since we started this. You know, kids sometimes are dealing with emotion that they can't define because they've not been given that They've not been given the words, you know, it's like you don't know what plate is until you see a plate and someone says, look, plate. And then you're like, oh, that's a plate. I can say that now. But same with, you know, kids. They're a blank slate. They have to learn how to identify what they're feeling and what that means. How are we going to teach our kids what a fork is? They just throw it in the trash. We have like three forks in our house, you guys. (laughs) It's really odd. Um, The missing forks. It's like socks, but with forks. With forks. It's really weird. Our house is, (laughs) I don't know, the twilight zone. So, but anyway, so the piece of advice I always hand out to parents who are like kids with strong emotions, right? Or very sensitive kids or kids who are acting out. You know, it is our job as parents and step parents to help kids channel that energy in a constructive way you know so kids might not want to talk about it but maybe you could give them a journal and say hey you don't have to talk to me but please at least write down what you're feeling um diaries were really big when I was a little girl what about the little dolls and they show you where they touched you (laughs) I have no words those can be appropriate I guess But so give your kid a journal. If they're not wanting to write, you know, give them crowns and a paper, watercolors, 
you know, let them paint their emotions, let them, um, you know, exercise is really good. So if your kids really having a hard time, make them go run, get on the bike, get outside, um, maybe turn on music and dance with your child. Physical energy is really good for curbing moods and attitudes and depression. Um, those that endorphin release, right? Like in Legally Blonde, happy people just don't kill people. Right. You okay. know what I'm talking about. Audience. Okay. <laughs> but like endorphin release is a real thing. So if you can instill these healthy patterns for kids to channel or redirect their thoughts to something creative or an outlet that helps them move and, and get along well, um, you know, I think that's doing them a great service, setting them up for the rest of their life. So in this case, that's kind of where I would start. If you have a kid who's having a really hard time with that transition, you know, maybe be like, hey, go go write in your journal or like have, let's do an experiment. This is a great one. Let's do an experiment. Every time you come home from dad's, why don't you just go upstairs and write on your piece of paper what you're feeling? It doesn't have to be long. Just go write and let's track your mood and like, let's do an experiment and make it like an investigation and then like go back and look at it. You know, you can set kids up to think the cool, the stupidest things are really cool. <laughs> How is Santa Claus? <laughs> right. You lost me at crowns. Or cra- anyway. Is that really what they're called? Are they called crowns? Crayons. And then it's, it's crayons. Because I know that's the brand name. I don't know. But it's like tomato, tomato. Yeah. Creek, crick. Yeah. Which one's appropriate? I don't even know what it is. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what is? What are you talking about? Legally blonde, you guys. Yeah, let's do this. Um, another thing is, is if your kids, one thing we do in our home across the board is, if our kids come home with attitude, I think we just give them space. Yeah, not, not like we have a choice. Our kids give themselves space. Well, they, they come to their home. Rooms. They go. They go to their. But we're not quarters. overbearing, you know. And that's as they've gotten older. You know, they're also not causing problems. They're just like... Unless it's the dinner table. Yeah. They're not causing problems when they get home, but they're moody. You know, they're just like, they're not, they're whatever. And so sometimes also you need to give kids space to adjust from home to home. And don't be offended also. So give them space and that's okay. Don't be offended if they wish they were at the other home. It'll go back and forth as they grow up. They'll want to be with one parent, right. you know, when they're 10, then they turn 15 and they hate you and want to be with the other parent. And you've it, dealt with that quite a bit, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it goes, it goes back and forth. Like my kids, m- my kids often would say like, I don't want to go to dad's, you know, but then they don't want to come back here. And I don't know if it's because they tell both parents that to make both parents feel good. Right. You wonder what they say at the other house. Um, But yeah. And that's okay. Like try not to take it personally. You know, sometimes it might just be they have a better gaming system at one house. Sometimes. They, you know what? Or have you ever been doing something like say you're a little kid and you had a sleepover or something and um, you're just having a really good time. And then it's like, oh, your mom's here. You know, your dad's here to pick you up. Time to go home. And it like breaks. It breaks that, that. fun cycle. You know, yeah. a lot of times that can just happen with a kid, too. Yeah, and it's like sure. they're enjoying the time that they're having there. You know, they're comfortable with what they're doing. And they get disrupted and have to get pulled out of that fun situation and go to the other. It's house. like opposite of the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. Like we break our kids yeah. of that habit. Well, and sometimes <laughs> it's just easier. You know, each house, I'm sure, has its own set of rules and expectations and 
you know, you get comfortable in one home. The last thing you want to do some days is pick up your shit and go to the other home. You know, I mean, for real. I feel like you should do that before you go to the other home. And I think it gets worse with teenagers because then they have stuff that they want at each other's homes. Like my favorite jeans are at my dad's house and I just don't want to come to your house because you don't have my, you know, whatever. Like I think. Do you think that's something that will transition a little bit easier? So like for instance, um, my kids and I have, or, you know, in, in our situation, it's pretty free for them to take stuff to and from other houses. Whereas it doesn't, that's not the way it flows so much in your co-parenting situation. Yeah. But here's the, yes. But I think as teenagers get older, like we didn't have to deal with this with your daughter because she's never lived with us. Mm -hmm. So she's always had one space. Right. That was hers. Right. She's never had to deal with this. Right. And I think your son is just still young and doesn't, you know, yes, he's very free. Like, but I think for girls, especially, mm-hmm. I think maybe boys would be different, mm-hmm. but girls feel like they have, I mean, look when girls go on a weekend getaway, we've got like 10 suitcases we're bringing. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Why don't girls drive trucks? <laughs> I feel like you're the ones that we should be driving the trucks. But here's the thing too. Like, I think so for girls, like I'm not looking forward to my daughter be- getting the teenage years because they, they feel like they have to pack all their stuff up. And if they're not allowed to take it, like to your point, that's an issue. But then also, what a pain in the ass to keep packing a suitcase that of all your shit. It's like cumbersome to go back and forth. And I've been warned about this actually from who? from people. Oh, um, about that that with teenage girls, this is like a big thing. The transition between homes is real to the point where they just don't want to anymore because it's annoying. Not because they don't love their parents, but because they're all about them. They're teenagers, and it's annoying to go back and forth. And Well, my point was, like, right now, it is a weird thing. Your kids don't take stuff to and from the other houses. They have no, clothes at this house, and they have clothes at that yeah. house. And I know that's not a rule necessarily that you set in place, but it's something that is going to, you know, like you're talking about right now, could yeah. potentially pose a problem. For and sure. a few years from now, how are you open-minded to that? Like, do you care? Like, well, I bought you that pair of jeans. I don't want it going to the other house. Like, is that your mindset or is that coming from the other house? And like, what do you feel about that? Um, I feel like I've grown a lot. I don't care anymore. Like, I feel like. And so I there think was a point that you, that you helped, did care well, about Well, I that. think you helped me with this, you know, and I think that that was, I, you know, I'm a very rigid person by nature. It's just, I'm very black and white. It's just how I'm built. It's how I made, you know, I can't help it. So, but I know this. And so I've been, I watch how you do things and it's really like helped me back off of some things. Like, is it really important? It's close. Right. Um, My thing was like, I just, you know, I was buying stuff in the beginning and it was one-sided. Like I was providing everything. For both households. (laughs) And then it just wouldn't come back. And I'm like, I didn't think that was fair. I didn't yeah, think it was like, right for me to provide everything. And you're then like, I the bought kids rain take boots. it. I bought rain boots for the kids to wear in the rain. And then they come over and it's like, it's raining. And now the kids don't have rain boots. Right. right. And then it's like, I'm double buying because things and you get would. left. That's the and thing though. You would. It was like, oh, I don't feel like dealing with this. I can't get it back from him. Yeah. You won't bring it That's back. That's a true story. I mean, and you would go buy more rain boots. Very hard. We have would, 30 pairs. You guys need rain boots. We have rain boots. We have buckets and baskets of them. We have no rain boots. <laughs> None of the fit that you can have them. Okay. Well, all right. 
But anyway, my point is, yes, like it, for me, it was easier to go buy rain boots than deal with my ex. That's my reality, boys and girls. Buckets of rain boots, you guys. Um, Storing them all. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, well, why are we talking about this? Oh, so I think as the teenage <laughs> years get older, you know, I think it's it's going to be more difficult with, you know, and then like the car situation. But you'll still love me, right? I don't know. As I get deeper in get my older, teenage years. I think I will only love you more as you age. I'm setting up Fortnite dates here on our. I know. I you see, see this. this. I yes. do see this. Tell the girls, Brooke. Tell the girls. Um, so, we had two Brooke, dubs last night. Back to back. Uh, nice. Brooke says transitions are so important. Time frames. Prepping to go. That's a really great tip. So you can help your kids through transitions by setting them up for leaving. You know, you can't tell them, hey, it's time to go and not have ever mentioned it the hour before. And this is something that I've had to do just because my son has. My son needs boundaries (laughs) and he does well when he knows what the plan is. So since he was itty bitty, teeny tiny toddler. um, And so I've just that's I take for granted this piece of advice because it's just something I've done because of him. But yes, you should always tell your like, hey. We're leaving in an hour. Make sure everything's packed up. Or let them know at the beginning of the day. Hey, at 2 o'clock. Yeah. You know. And then give reminders. Set them up, you know, and make sure they have everything packed. And and let it be a conversation so that they know they're mentally getting prepared to going back to dads. But that also sets them up again for the future. It it teaches them to watch the clock. It teaches them to prioritize. Yeah. Organize and... um, be ready to be on schedule. If you never teach your kids scheduling when it comes time to, I mean, even the basic things, school, you know, I think that's a great thing about school. It, teach, it teaches our kids scheduling, it teaches them that they have to be there on time. Yeah. They have to be there at this time, a certain time, and it shows them what the schedule looks like. You know, this homeschooling thing, it, there's so many different schedules and it's always changing. Yeah. Um, it's a little lax, but um, one thing that we can do as parents and co-parenting is teach our kids about the scheduling, you know, what time, you know, to go to the other house, you need to have everything ready and stick to it. You know, if they're not ready, you know, when it's time to leave because they don't have all their stuff together that they want to take to the other house or however that goes, like, Mm -hmm. sorry, so sad. Like, I guess you can get it next time you're over. Right. And I've definitely done that, you know, with, with my son before it's like, we don't have time, you know, you need to be somewhere, you know, and we're a little bit more loose on, on schedule. It's like, eh, whatever time, but if there's a set time, like they're leaving town, you know, or I have to be somewhere and we have to leave the house, it's like, well, oh, well, you know, so it teaches our kids scheduling. Yeah, for sure. So transitions are hard on everyone um, and transitions are even hard on adults. You know, sometimes it's really nice to enjoy a kid free home and it's like been quiet. And then in the matter of like 10 minutes, it's just complete chaos And that can hurt, like, so that also, as much as kids are, like, adjusting, it's like you have to readjust your brain, too, to be like, okay, now it's just chaos. It's like we went from zero to 80, zero to 80, you know, and it's... um, I like the 80 to zero transition best. You like the 80 to... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have been affected by that a lot, and you're not as affected anymore as you once used to be, going from the 80 to zero, you know, having the kids around... And everything was good. And then the kids would leave. And like a couple days in, you would just be, you'd be depressed from it. You want to talk about that at all? 
<laughs> well, yes, I do. I, I guess. No, I mean, I really, do. though, because a lot of people probably feel the same thing. They're like, their kids are their bundle of joy. They're, you know, their love. It's, it's, yeah. that's, that's life. They're your children, you know? Yeah. And you, more than anyone, would, were so affected by this. You know, you, you love it when your kids are around. You, you know, enjoy the time with them. They are your kids and they are your bundles of joy. Yeah. I, it gets easier. Because I think that one thing I really, so I always say, right, you never get used to missing your kids, you know, so it doesn't get easier in the sense that you just don't miss them. Like I always miss my kids as they get older with my son, he's 15 now. And it's been interesting because I've naturally started to let him go. I'm not so attached where I'm still very attached to my 10-year-old daughter. You know, like I just want to hug her and and be with her. She wants to stab you in the eye with a fork. (laughs) That's where our forks went. Yeah. Stabbing people in the eyes with them. But I think that age has helped with that. I think that, you know, when the teenage years come and they're they're stinky and they're not so fun to be around (laughs) and they're moody, you know, I think that that is God's way to help us naturally let them go. And I think that's helped with, that also I think you have I've really had to make an effort to be busy to put my attention elsewhere to really enjoy our relationship Um, because I really do enjoy when we don't have the kids I really do enjoy the quiet of our marriage when it's just us like truly and so also just trying to focus on that and be present I think the hardest part why a lot of what depressed me too was just I felt like in my situation I'm not the mom when my kids aren't around like I don't exist and that but really But that's the way that you've been treated and portrayed at that household. Yeah, so it's and I think that affected me a lot too. Yeah, for a long time. Like just anyway, so Um, but I think with time it gets better. Kids get older. We adjust, you know, to their absence and figure out a way to exist through it. Um, and also I, it's good. Like when I get really upset and when I used to get really upset, I'd have to remind myself that my kids are really happy in the other home. You know, you have to talk yourself off a ledge mindset. My you have control to be okay with that. is everything. Like they're having fun. They're doing fun things. They're happy to be there. And not every kid's situation is like that. I'm blessed my kids have a situation like that, you know, where they're really like they love their step siblings. They love their stepmom. They love their dad. And they do things as a family. And they have a great family unit over there. And um, it's a, such a huge blessing. And so, you know, I, I have to be good with that. I have to, I have to just, it's great. And I would never, kids need their dad too. So like, these are all the things I'm telling myself when I'm really depressed, like, but they love their dad and I would never keep them from their dad. I would never, you know, they, they need him as much as they need me. So, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. You know, parents go through the adjustment period just as much as kids do, And usually it's our spouses that are having to pick up the pieces or be, you know, extend the grace and be like nice about it. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? No, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. (laughs) 
Um, so the next, the next couple things we're going to talk about is something that we've been dealing with, with, um, our 10 year old daughter. Um, and it's something that I hadn't really ever considered. Oh, now they're ours. Yeah. My (laughs) ex-husband's and mine. I'm just kidding. Uh, Uh, Okay. (laughs) So anyway, um, this is great. (laughs) Oh, Greg. Um, why have I not changed that yet? So with girls, I wonder if every, like I had to have a talk with my, I didn't have a talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't talk. Whoa. We emailed about um, my daughter and basically she is super body conscious right now and she's 10 and she's getting ready to grow. So her body's changing a little bit. She is growing. I mean, she's. She's spurted probably four inches in the last two months, you know? She's yeah. growing. She's, she's, she's growing. There. But here's the deal, right? In her other home, in, in, in our home, she's the only girl besides me. She doesn't have any siblings or step-sibling girls here. No sisters. So in her other she home. She has dogs here. They're boys too. But in her other home with her dad, she has a stepsister who is um, three or four. She's a teenager. She's. 14, I think, and a stepmom and said stepsister and stepmom are into the keto diet. Apparently, I don't know this firsthand. This So here's what I'm trying to say, right? Over the past few months, my daughter has been coming home really body conscious, saying things like she needs to lose weight. She doesn't like her stomach. You know, all these things about her body. And I'm at, like, where is this coming from? Like, you're 10. You're, and I even started, think this started when she was nine, like it, right before she turned 10. TikTok. And TikTok. I'm sitting there. She's not allowed to have TikTok. Anyway, so I'm oh, asking her TikTok. Oh, um, that's not what you said. Anyway, I was asking her what this was about and stuff. And then she tells me, you know, how her stepmom and her stepsister, you know, are on keto. Because they're trying to lose weight and all the things, and she How really fourteen, fourteen, I think, or just turned fifteen. Okay, just turned fifteen, um, and and so I know like her stepsisters at the age she's a she's a freshman in high school. She's you know at the age where that like starts to kind Is of matter. Is that a normal thing for that age, for like high school girls like dieting and? I feel like I feel. Mm, I don't, I so don't here, know. Here, I, I don't think, know here's, this. Let me rephrase this. When Annabelle becomes a high school kid mm-hmm. and she wants to diet, are you going to be okay with that? Um, it would depend on a whole lot of things. I don't think keto is a healthy diet, so I wouldn't support it. Well, here's the That's thing. That's my personal opinion. Don't start writing. Well, here's the thing. I think at that. that age, it's our, it's our job as parents to teach our kids not to diet because diets like I've been doing something terribly wrong. I need to do it a different way. Diets don't work. Well here, but I think what needs to happen is it's our job as parents to teach our kids to get a better lifestyle, start eating better, start eating healthier, get habits, start exercising, you know, start, start doing things that are going to become life habits. Mm -hmm. So when you are 30, something years old Mm -hmm. or 40 or 50 Mm -hmm. diets aren't a question you already have good habits Mm -hmm. set into place Mm -hmm. that it's gonna not only is it good for the way your image is but it's good for your brain it's good for your mind it's good for 
Um, it, it's just a healthier lifestyle for you. Yeah. So I think that's as, and again, this is just my opinion, but I think as parents, you know, if encouraging our kids to diet, like, eh, that's kind of, that's kind of like saying like, eh, you've been screwing up. You need to just go flush everything and start over again. Yeah. Start, let's start teaching our kids to do things the right way and, and form healthy habits. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's also like, this is why you're not your kid's best friend because you know, if mom's on a diet, like you just don't pull your kid into your own narcissistic craziness. You know what I mean? And, and usually like you do that with a friend, but not your child. Anyway, I digress. But anyway, when she's in high school, I will definitely have a business and be a certified health coach. So I will health coach the shit out of her. <laughs> you'll I'm be not that, worried you'll about You'll be that it. before then. If you guys didn't know, Julie is on her way to doing big things. Oh, yeah. Big if you want to know more, email her. Um, or just call her anytime, 911. <laughs> just ask for Julie. No, but I mean, for real, I mean, that's I'm going to school right now. And that's like the one of the first things we did, we dived into was diet. It was literally diets you... Why they out. don't work. And yeah. like, like I, I can't even tell you the science behind it is, it is what it is anyway. So I feel like I'll be well equipped to deal with that when she's in high school. But I had to email her dad and be like, you know, I'm just letting you know that our daughter's coming home with this body conscious, conscience, conscience. I can't talk right now. She's coming home with body issues and she's telling me, that you know that her mom her stepmom and stepsister are on this keto diet and I'm just letting you know I'm not comfortable with our 10 year old fifth grader being on any sort of diet or having body issues right now um and I said and I also acknowledged that I don't think stepmom and stepdaughter stepmom and stepsister are doing anything wrong you know, I just don't know if people like I just was saying heads up because I don't even think that they're aware that what they are doing and I don't even think they're involving. Annabelle they're not doing at it. All. In, they're not doing it intentionally. No, absolutely like she's not. not part of the conversation. No. And I she's don't think just, they're bringing it in. She's never said, hey, I'm on keto. But also goes to show that what you do in your household you know, it, whether it involves the kids or not. Yes. Involves the kids. If the kids are in the household and you're doing yeah. it you're getting sloppy drunk every night your kids are seeing this oh for sure so i, I was and that was my purpose was like i was just letting him know like hey not trying to start a fight not accusing anyone of anything i'm just letting you know what our daughter is coming home and telling me and maybe be aware like watch it because she is totally absorbing everything that's being put out there and I know it might be normal for a teenage girl to be obsessing about her body and like even stepmom you know, obsessing. I mean, I've been there too. It's just natural for women to be like, we want to be the best we can be in the army. I don't know. But you've like, again, like you have changed that around, you know, it used to be, you know, stuff like that. Like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, change my eating this and that. But since then you have put forth a tremendous effort to be the best you by not only eating better, but working out, having a routine for workout, but you're also doing it mentally and spiritually where, you know, you have joined Bible study. You have, you're starting to form different habits that you feel are, um, 
a lot healthier for you and the lifestyle you want to live. Right. You know, you don't get to just turn on TV or YouTube and watch a TV show and that makes you feel good about yourself. At the end of the day, it probably makes you feel worse about yourself. Yeah. If you're not doing anything about it. For sure. So I just want to invite everyone else to also understand that what's going on in your home um, and like girls and body issues too. I just, I had never considered that before. And now I'm just like, oh my gosh, like we have to be really careful about even if we're dieting or we're like really unhappy with ourselves, that negative self-talk, if your kids hear it or your stepkids hear it, they're absorbing that into their brain. Little seeds are being planted yeah, and, then and they're they going to start the questioning mirror. themselves yeah. like, well, gosh, if she doesn't like the way she looks. And also what I told him in the email as well, my ex-husband, I was like, listen, I said, I also have to remind my daughter that she shares zero genetics with them, with her stepmom and stepsister. So they look like they're blonde haired, blue eyed, which I know I am too, I guess. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, but like their body type is completely different than mine, is completely different than my daughter's dad. And so for my daughter who doesn't share any genes to compare herself to people who she will never, ever have that body type. And I hope that doesn't, I'm a little worried for that because like I'm a giant, right? Like he hugs me every day and tells me how tall and ginormous I am. Cause you always have your shoes on and I'm like, but like standing here. Barefoot so my poor daughter, like, so that's not, so that's, that's not her stepsister and it's not her stepmom. They're like more petite and they're just, they're going to be different than her. And if that's who she's looking to for validation, Poor girl, because she's never going to look like that. But, you know, and so also something to consider in the realm of like split blended family life. You have to tell your kids that like, listen, you can't put your eggs in that basket. You're never, ever going to look like that. It's different. Right. No, but you as your as her parent are going to be the one that assures her, you know, and gives her the confidence that what she does look like is okay. You know, oh, oh. but maybe you yeah. remind her that habits that she has aren't okay. They aren't good, healthy life habits, you know, and you don't shame her for it, but you tell her what the habits are affecting, how the habits affect, you know, what she does affects what she can do to change, you know, certain things. And I'm not just, this is an example of you and her. This is an example of us as parents telling our kids everything that I, you know, that they do. I have this conversation with my son, you know, who's on his computer, you know, nine out of 10 hours a day. And it's like, well, look at, yes, you're all fit and skinny right now, but you're also, you know, 13, almost 14 years old. Give it another 10 years. <laughs> Let me know how you're doing. You know, you're going to be oily, greasy, you know, it, it you know, it's going to get gross. Like you need to have physical activity habits. So he goes out and he does things, but you, you always have to remind them, don't just tell your kids this one time and think it sticks. Right. You know, you always have to be reminding them. Yeah. So. And that's something that I feel is really important, too. If I'm going to ask my kids to do something, I better sure as shit be doing it. So I feel like my kids, and I've always been into fitness one way or another. I may not always look like I've been in fitness, 
but I've always danced. I've always been at the gym. I've swam, you know, um, I've had physical activity consistently in my life since probably high. Well, I've danced my whole life. So, but my kids are always going to remember that their mom valued physical fitness, you know, and I hope that sticks with them when they're adults, that they carry over that value that maybe they're kicking and screaming right now, but they'll remember that mom did that. Every mom, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mom got up and ran. She did the bike. She went swimming. You know, she, she did that. And you have to I model. I thought you were going to say the mailman next. But, <laughs> but you have what? to model the behaviors you want for your kids. You know, if I want my, my daughter to be confident in herself, then I best not be walking around body shaming myself. You know, I best not be, you know, I'm fat or I need to lose weight or, you know, gosh, I wish I were different. If that's what my daughter hears, that is what she's going to start being like, oh, that's okay. That's what we're supposed to do. Um, And so I've, you know, I just. Did you ever get a response to that email? What did he respond to you? And and I'm only asking this because the viewers want to know. And I just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He did respond. Mm -hmm. Um, and it goes along his response answered two and three that we're going to talk about. Oh, but basically he said that he didn't know he, or he said, what a bummer she's having body issues or something like that. Really? Yeah. Or like he, he made it, he was like, he was just unaware. Okay. And he he just said, we're on the same page. You and him. Yeah. That I could. That's a good thing. Yeah. But he didn't go in. He didn't, which I'm grateful for. He wasn't, I, you Wait, know. What, you didn't get a. I didn't want to defend. I did not want him to defend anyone. To I don't care. I don't want to have control over it. I'm just like. So it went how you doing, wanted it to be. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. I, was, so, I, did, I guess I didn't know. It was just short. It wasn't anything to be like. Yeah. Anyway. That's good. So just consider that. And I don't know if other of you guys are having, who have daughters, um, preteen, teenage, young adult age who deal with you know what they're being exposed to in the other house affecting how they feel about themselves if you do write to me give me advice tell me what you're dealing with um tell me what's to come (laughs) all right oh okay so along with this body image thing um the email we were also discussing because (laughs) my ex wrote me an email letting me know that um, our daughter is on the cusp of change. Oh, yeah? Well, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> he was just letting me know that she's been, she's ready to go through body changes. Okay. What was your response thanks. to that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> Thumbs no, up emoji. I was like, I just said, I'm, I'm well aware. Mm-hmm. Her mom. Did I, you remind I him that you're her mom? I know all the things. I did. Did you? I had to. Why do I believe you? Like, yes, <laughs> I, totally I did. get it. Yes, she did, you guys. I did. Because he has to be reminded. I, I don't know if he thinks like I'm a distant aunt. I don't know. It's very Where odd. does he think the kids go? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't pay attention. Like, I have not the most involved mom I could possibly be. I don't know. But anyway, he was just, whatever. It's good. Commu- it was great communication. Fine. Cool. So he tells me that, you know, she's getting ready to go through these changes. And, you know, and then she, he's like. And she, it's it's time that she starts shaving. She's fifth grade. So then it goes, um, he asks if her stepsister could teach her to shave. So 
So, I mean, I said, well, <laughs> I'm the mom. You reminded him again? <laughs> I reminded him like three times. I did ask for him to just, I said, listen, I'm, I'm well aware of our, our daughter and what's going on with her body. Very aware. And I just said um, that I asked for him to trust me. I said, I would like to be the one who brings her through puberty as much as possible. Like, I can't control where she starts a period. If she doesn't start a period and with me, then she's... It'll be at his house on a Thursday. <laughs> but then her stepmom or stepsister is going to, you know, have to step in. I'm not there. So I can't control that. I hope it's with me. I mean, that would be, I would love to be the mom, you know, but so shaving is like something I can control. So basically I just, I I asked him to trust that I am the mom and that I would like to take the lead. (laughs) You you guys, you're the mom. Are you the mom? It's rough. Has he made you take a I'm paternity gonna, test yet? I'm going to wear a sandwich board and ring a bell and stand <laughs> outside I am his the mom. house. That's your next t-shirt. I am the I, mom. For Halloween, can I go over there with my sandwich board and a bell? Oh my gosh. I am the it. mom. Um, no, but so that, that, that was something else I had never really, like I knew this was the, the time, but do you, what do you guys think? Like, and what do you think? Do you think that the bio parent should get, I'm questioning like, if you're the mom now. <laughs> But do you think that the same sex bio parent, you know, like I always, I never even, like I just trusted that my ex-husband was going to have the talk with Cole and teach him how to shave his face and, you know, all the things about becoming a man in puberty, you know, like where to masturbate if you have to do it. <laughs> what? Me and my dad never had this conversation. Well, I don't know what conver- I don't know what guys have. But like, I mean, I, but know, that, I mean, whatever. Like the, the my talks- mom was pissed off because she caught me masturbating to a picture of her mom. So oh, you just saw that in a <laughs> show. <laughs> but the viewers all went, "Wait, what?" Oh my god. Okay, he saw that Julie in an episode did. of. House. I didn't see that. I heard it. But, like, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that the bio parent should, like, so I trusted him to handle, you know, our son. And I'm like, I would, I want to be there for my daughter to be, like, you know, all the things. Like, when she gets her ears pierced, I want to be there. When she shaves her legs, I want to teach her. I want to teach her how to put on makeup. You teach her how to masturbate and where to? I don't think these are things parents do. You're giving false information here. <laughs> no, but I want to be there for womanhood and be the one that gets to teach her, you know, womanhood things. That's like important to me. But what do Why you is think the about the dog's that? name Jiffy? Do you think that that it's overreacting or too crazy to want to be that person? No, or is that like no? I don't like, think that's overstepping boundaries. I think that is a rite of passage as a parent, and I think. Um, that is something that you have a right to as a parent, you know, and, and kids should look to their parents for that. Um, to have another, uh, like a step sibling, even your own sibling, I feel like, you know, unless it's like facilitated by mom or dad, you know, same gender, I think that it, it's one of those things like that parents do for their kids, you know, not, ah, we're going to pawn this off onto stepsister, you know, like that's not right. 
Well, I just think it robs the parent of the opportunity but to I, parent. But here's the other thing, too, though. I think you it know? also, it leaves a lot of room for error. I think it leaves it leaves a lot of room for, like, as parents, for instance, shaving. You know, if if my son learned from, he doesn't have any, you know, stepbrothers or, or over there. Um, but if he learned from, like, his cousin or someone, you know, who's only been doing this for a couple of years, shaving his face, he could teach him completely wrong. And then is there a wrong way to shave your face? I mean, technically, but you know, you just teach them little tricks that'll help, you know, and how often to do it. You can answer all the questions, but it's also at the end of the day, minus all of that stuff, it's a bonding experience for that's right for you and your child. That's you know? right. And that's, and I think that's what gets lost probably the most in it because then if they learn this thing wrong or they learn it, you know, however they learn it, this is something that their parents taught them. This right. is something that they can go ask questions. But it also opens up another line of communication. If you're able to talk with, you know, puberty and sex and masturbation with your parents, it's going to be a lot easier to talk about these types of things as you get older. And it doesn't just stop when they turn 18 and they move out of the house. I know. Or it's they're forever. 25. It really, it's forever. It's forever I mean, guys. there's still things that to this day, I talk to my parents about, and they talk to me about, Masturbation? You know, no. Just how their moms are doing. <laughs> yeah, but it's a really good point. It's bonding, and it's vulnerable, and it adds an, another layer to your relationship. And I don't know. I think as kids get older, too, they have less and less firsts, you know? Like, when right. they're little, oh, my gosh, your first step, your first tooth, the first time... You peed on the toilet, like, you, you still know? pee on the toilet. I still pee on the toilet. But, you know, I think that firsts get few and far between the older our kids get. And then when they move out, firsts usually don't even, you're not even there for the first time they skydive because they're doing it with their college buddies, you know, on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon when they Drunk should be Drunk out of the school. back of a truck. What? <laughs> so, you know, I think it's also like, it's one, it's the puberty and all that the rite of passage that you talk about is like some of the last firsts you get to be there for where it's just you two and it is a special experience and so I think that if you're a stepmom I think that is something you need to let the bio mom have like don't rob a bio mom of that experience unless they just don't want it and then you do great but, but if a bio mom wants to have those experiences and you're a stepmom I would just let her have it or buy it or, or dad, you know, if I, I wouldn't take, you know, if my son wanted to shave, I always like, well, have well, your dad if, teach you. If he wants to masturbate, don't send him my way. <laughs> the dogs will be bummed. Okay. Maybe masturbation was a poor example. I don't know what <laughs> I'm gonna guys keep talking talk about. about. <laughs> I don't know. Like what's there to teach. I don't know. I'll never forget when the boys, which boy asked you about shaving their ball sack though. Dude. It, was it? I think it was my son. Wait, wasn't it? You guys are mountain biking, and then yeah, one, that, one of the boys, I can't even remember. One of the now, boys asked you if they're supposed to shave their ball sack. <laughs> it had to have been Jared. It had to. Cole wouldn't ask me something. I don't, like that. I don't know. I can't imagine, but yeah. you know, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. See? But it was a serious conversation. Do like, you he wasn't even being sack? funny. What do you say? <laughs> I don't know. I, I asked my wife. <laughs> we asked ask, ask for permission. Honey, can I get those out of your purse and do something about it? Oh, yes. I'm just kidding. Very All stereotypical. Right. Can we have another question? Okay, good. Go. All Sweetie. right. So 
Um, this has actually been coming up quite a bit. <laughs> what, masturbation? No, kids and chores. Oh, not as fun, but okay, let's it's do this. It's not as fun. So, should there be different expectations for kids who are 50-50 custody and kids who live full-time in the house? I'm reading. Right, keep, keep answering. <laughs> I was asking a question. I'm answering. I'm, I'm reading. <laughs> Jada's got a question. Oh. She's a great point. Life is already hard between homes, and I feel like the bio parent should be able to experience those first. Agree yeah. With you. Totally Thanks. Agree with you. All right. Sorry. Okay. So for kids and chores, right. this is something, usually it's the step parents who are all pissed off about this right. across the but board. But you're asking if it's, if it should be equal between part-time kids or kids that are there full-time? So some blended families have kids that are 50-50 and then kids in the household who live with a lot of people actually have, like one set of kids are 50-50, one set of kids are full-time. Right. Now chores. So here's the and thing. And my... I can kind of speak to this because my kids in the in my kids' other home, my two are 50-50, but the other two are like 80%. they're 80% of the time. So they're, they're there quite a bit more than my kids, and the chore conversation has come up because of that. So uh, I'll tell you. I'm curious. What do they do over there? I've got an opinion on it, but what do they do? So basically, they, <laughs> they have the chore binder. Okay. And each kid has a set of chores, and I think they rotate it from week to week. But I don't think they, everyone is equal. They don't play the, you're here half the time, you're here more. Like, when the kids are in the home, they have chores, regardless if they're there half time or 80% of the time. Um, they and But they rotate chores, so it's not like... You know, it's my turn to do the dishes. It's my turn to take out the trash. It's yeah. my turn to vacuum. It's my turn to, and everyone does their own laundry. Um, and so, anyway, that's how they handle it over there. So, do there. your kids get stacked with more stuff than the other kids or equal to the other kids? How's that play out? I think it's just weekly chores. So, it rotates. So, like. Okay. So, it doesn't matter if they were there or not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they also, I don't think they do anymore. But they also got paid for chores. Hmm. So if they didn't do their chores, they didn't earn that money for the week. Do they get taxed too? <laughs> but I don't believe in paying for chores. So that's, yeah, and the kids you know, need to I'm like, you live in this house, you right. get rent. Now, if there's special, now if there's special chores, you know, special tasks yeah. that warrant money, you know, it's like, hey, I've got something. I've got a project I want you to help me with or I want you to do. Something outside you know? the norm. Of course. Not like, hey, I'm going to give you five bucks to take the trash out. Like, no, Tooth Fairy already gave you five bucks yesterday. Mm. So, um, no, I feel like. What do you think, though? I feel like the kids should um, have their own list of chores or if it rotates a bit. Yeah. But I feel like if the kids are there full time, they should have a full time set of chores that they can do. Yes, it's probably going to be more than the other kids. Mm -hmm. But if you're running it this way, remind your full-time kids that just because the kids are part-time here and only do part-time chores here, they also do part-time chores at the other house, whether they do or not. So really, everyone has full-time chores, guys. Everyone should. Well, everyone should just have their chores. And just because the kids are there part-time doesn't mean that they should only have to do something or shouldn't have to do anything. Yeah. You know, it's again, it's it's part of responsibility. Now, I also don't believe in loading up your kids with tons and tons of chores on top of homework, on top of the other stuff. You know, I'm like, teach your kids to do certain things. 
you know, but also like don't consume like all their set. Like I used to have friends. I literally used to have this one friend that I don't know, probably three weekends out of the month couldn't even hang out because he was literally doing chores every single weekend. That's all he would do. It's like, yeah. now nah, I can't come out and skate. Like we skated all the time. I can't this weekend. Like I've, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You know, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, we'd always swing by and like, Hey, can you come out and play? Like, no, nope, he's doing, he's inside doing chores. And, and I remember as a, as a child being like, what a bummer, you know, like he doesn't get to go. I wasn't thinking of it probably in the same like terms, but he didn't get to go experience a lot yeah. of these childhood, just fun things that we got to go do. Right. You know, he was busy, almost adulting as a kid, you know, in junior high, this is all he's doing is chores. So I'm like, find a good balance, you know, uh, find what fits good with your family. I mean, maybe you are, you know, a parent that works two jobs and, you know, you need that extra help, mm-hmm. but also try to find a good balance to where you don't overload and over overwhelm your kid at a young age with all these chores, because then when they get to be of age that they can make their own decisions and they can experience fun without having to do your household chores, you know, or our family's household chores, they're going to go out and they're going to experience life to the fullest. And that's exactly what happened to this kid. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen him around town a couple times with a needle sticking out of his arm. Like, like pretty terrible, you know? He yeah, went, they need to have fun. You need to let your kids experience and have all balance. this type of stuff. Well, know? and the chore thing's really difficult because I think that, I think we're stepmoms, because it's it's usually the stepmoms that have the issue with the stepkids not helping out. Because I think that bio parents can usually keep their own kids in line in the home, so it's not really an issue. It's when you get to the stepkids and they're not your kids and you don't have control and you have all the you know all the things that come with step parenting, and I think that you know women in the household get saddled with a lot of the household chores, and what ends up happening is they feel like. They're just doing it all. And I don't think anyone in the house should be doing it all. I don't Mm -hmm. think kids are here to be your servants. I don't think kids here are for free labor and let's just. I'm out. Yeah. Like I'm nothing. Like I don't think any one person. I think a household should be run as a team. You know, like we all have important things to do. We all have other things we want to do. You know, right. Right. So like, I don't feel like I should be the only one emptying the dishwasher. In our house or, or t- yep. taking, you know, yep. you shouldn't be the only one taking out the trash. I shouldn't be the only one vacuuming. You shouldn't be the only one cleaning a bathroom. Whatever it is, you know, like we all need to help each other. And so I maybe if chores were more like instead of being so structured, you know, making sure kids are helping out, like meeting the need of the moment, the dishwasher's full or I mean yeah the dishwasher is ready to be empty and you got nothing going hey why don't you just go empty the dishwasher or the, the kid uses the last piece on the toilet paper roll or the last um, paper towel paper towel yeah I've seen that a lot where it's like oh there's literally one piece left a square they'll a, leave the square on the yeah, roll to like, not have su- to do it like and I see it in the kitchen more often than I do oh yeah in the bathroom I'm like there is literally, it's like that one last piece of It's paper like folded in half. With, and with like a bunch of glue and stuff. It's like <laughs> trying to get it off like the paper towel roll. I'm like, you, like. Really? I, yeah, yeah, all the time. All the time. <sighs> so. Yeah, so I think that if you could run your house more as like a team sport instead of like, 
I don't know. <laughs> a prison? A prison. Yeah. But I think it's important. Psych ward? Yeah, but I think that, because everyone gets so caught up in, like, fairness of chores and around, like, being like that is only setting everyone up for failure, and then everyone's comparing, you know, everyone to everyone. And How do you masturbate? I don't know. Oh. Want to know? <laughs> no, no one wants to know. Um, everyone wants to know. Just kidding. But anyway, so the 50-50-100, I think that's a good, you know, things aren't fair. Also, life isn't fair. You know, I think that's a lesson for kids, too. We deal with that in our family all the time with the kids. Like, you ever had to it's teach? not fair. It's not fair. You're right. It's fucking not fair. Oh, there we are, you so guys. So sorry. Find that button. Um, Should it kids is. have chores? We kind of answered that. What if you want your stepchild to do more, but the bio parent doesn't support it? Well... That's where you kind of, you ask, like you, if the bio parent doesn't support, you just ask. You're like, hey, you're right here. Would you mind taking all the trash real quick for me? And they say no. Like, hey, you're right here. The kid says no? Yeah. Well, and the bio parent's like, eh. Well, I'd stop, ta- I'd start taking away little privileges, like, you know. What if you don't have the bio parent support? It doesn't matter. Okay. So what, you're cooking dinner? Like Maybe you just make a personal pie. Maybe you just make <laughs> personal servings. Yeah. You know what? You guys didn't want to help me with this. I don't really feel like cooking dinner for everyone tonight. You go to the grocery Start store. Lessons. You buy only for you. Get yourself a mini fridge. <laughs> Pretty sure Jared has that on his birthday list. Annabelle too. I know. She the kids want, I'm like, you mini- lazy so-and-so. Walk upstairs and get your own damn food. They all want mini fridges. I'm not putting a mini fridge. In the envelope just runs up the bill and it's one more thing that it's like. No. Anyways. Sorry about um, that. <laughs> anyway, but. Yeah. So we had a new, we had a new listener. That found us um, and wrote in, and this is kind of a last minute thing. I read it right before. I'm like, oh, you know what? Um, this this would be a good one to talk about. She says, um, I didn't put her name on here because I hadn't asked her if it was all right if we talk about it, although she did type it in public. So I'm like, well, we're going to answer it in public for her. Um, I was searching for a blended family content and came across this video. I'm a single mother of two teenagers, 18 girl and 14 year old boy. And I just got into a relationship with a single father of four teenagers, 17-year-old boy, 15-year-old girl, 14-year-old boy, 12-year-old boy. He has full custody of all four children, and I have full custody of my two. Thank you for your transparency throughout this video. This is, and I think this was the, uh, which one was this? It was, it's it's our one that has so many views. We got like 8,000 views on this thing. X Factor? No, it's, uh, it's on parenting. Like in a blended family. Mm. Anyways. Um, This is truly helpful uh, as we navigate this blended family journey. We are not engaged yet, but marriage is the goal. And we started counseling with my pastor just to have some guidance along the way. As God leads us, we want to make sure that we are being wise and put our children first. We pray every night and ask God to give us wisdom and clarity. We are blessed that our daughters are already friends, so that helps a little. The biggest hurdle and blessing is that we are in a long-distance relationship. This allows us to take our time in building up relationships with each other and our children. Mm -hmm. My children like him and his kids like me. He is planning on moving to Rhode Island from Indiana, and our kids are all for it. He and his kids have been wanting to move out of Indiana before we met. When he moves, he will have his own place to give his kids time to settle in a new state. 
Once they are here, I know the dynamics may change. What advice would you give for a couple who is starting to establish this blended journey with six teenagers? What things should we put in place early on? That's a really big question. But you see why I want to answer it. It's like a whole other podcast. Right. You see why I want to answer it on this one, though. I'm like, this is one of those things. I feel like we've talked about a lot of this. So first of all, like you can watch back on a a lot of them. And we do talk about this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I saw right off the bat that was a little, um, not concerning, but one of those things that you're like, think about it a little differently, um, is where she said um, that we want... Where does it say? We want to make sure that things are being, um, that they're being wise and they put their children first. I think right there is almost like your first mistake. Don't put your children first. Like I understand right now your children are number one, but as you build your relationship, your children need to understand that your relationship is going to come first. And that's biblical, Mm -hmm. you guys. Like I think your pastor would tell you this. Yeah. Pastor and has, yes. Although they aren't married yet, but that's the goal that you guys need to work towards. Because if you mm -hmm. put your children first, your children are going to reign over your household. Now, it sounds like you guys have a good thing going right now. Like their, their kids. And there may not be at that step yet where, you know, it is, they're, they're not even, but that's, that's biblical, right? Like it's God before, right? Like God. It's a pyramid scheme, you guys. (laughs) It's God, you know, and then it is your spouse. And then everything else falls under that, even the children. Right. And that's really hard. Like, I've gotten some pretty choice words from people. <laughs> Why? Kids are always first. I would never be with somebody who wouldn't put their kids first. And if I'm you, like, if, out of context, like, yes, we yes. Oh, just because our spouse is first doesn't mean we neglect kids, right? Well, that's what's the airline not, tell you? What's it's the it's not a gift. You, you got to put your own oxygen mask on before you can help other people. So, but here's the thing, like, right, your marriage is the core relationship of your blended family. If you don't have your marriage, you don't have your blended family. So you best focus there. And a lot of what goes on in your blended family that is a struggle begins and ends in your marriage. It isn't the kids. That's what people don't understand. People are blaming kids for all this shit, but it's really the marriage. It's the lack of communication it's a lack of consideration. It's a lack of trust Trust and being on the same page, you know, in different parenting styles. Like if you can't fix that and align that, your kids are going to be out of fucking control, you guys. They're going <clears> to <throat> manipulate you. You know, it's kind of like the devil, right? Like so the devil gets a foothold in where he can. If he sees a weakness or a crack, He'll break that shit. You'll break your mama's back. But that's kids too. You know, especially kids who want their parents' attention and who don't want to share their parents and who are mad that there's divorce and wants their family back together and doesn't like two homes. If you don't have a strong here, kids will grow up in vine and separate it. So you're saying kids are like the devil? I'm pretty sure that's what your analogy equated to. I'm just saying things, you know, the devil can come between you. The kids can come between you. But that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of misunderstanding. Because you say your marriage is first doesn't mean you neglect your kids. Right. Understand that. Understand that. The other thing um, that I can kind of foresee, now I haven't dealt with this situation, but I could foresee um, 
it being yes, the teenage girls from from him, uh, his daughters are excited about this, you know, but reality hasn't kicked in. Grass is kind of greener on the other side, probably. Once this transition happens, there's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of, um, you know, meeting new people and just every, their world, their world's going to be upside down. So you have to be a little empathetic to that. However, remember that just because your kids didn't move, their whole world didn't just change also. So you need to kind of be empathetic to the entire situation, Mm -hmm. you know, including him, including yourself. Mm -hmm. So just be very aware of all the steps that are happening Mm -hmm. and how they're happening because it's literally happening to everyone. Like, yeah, he just moved. His kids just moved. You know, your kids have these new people here. You have new people here. You know, like you said, I mean, she acknowledged that, you know, the dynamics are changing. Yeah. Um, be aware of that. I think it's a great thing that they are going to, they're not going to cohabitate when he moves here. They're going to have their own place, you know, but. Um, Which is so smart. Yeah. I, and I, I'm like, that so is awesome, smart. you know, but yeah. just because you guys are so excited about it, don't start the overnighting thing right away. And that's going to be a hard thing because. You want to. Hello. Well, the, his kids are with him the whole time. You're, you know. You've got your kids the whole time, but start by, and we talked about this on our, uh, on a podcast a long time ago, start by doing full family dates, you know, and maybe you and him are doing your lunch dates and doing a dinner date, but end up back at the end of the night. I mean, you guys might have to be teenagers for a little while and end up in the backseat of a car somewhere, (laughs) you know, I'm just being silly, but, um, reassure your kids that you didn't just bail on them for this for this other person yet you know yeah but ultimately that's what's that's what the goal is going to be you you know the good thing is these are all teenagers they're yeah. all but at it, that point here there's a lot of and here's the deal it gets all fun and good and we're all excited but so many people don't really have the conversations so take the time to have the conversations and they're not fun they're not sexy they're not you know Romantic. It's not like teaching your kid to masturbate, you guys. <laughs> but you need to talk about expectations, even with teenagers. Like, when we live together, what are the expectations when it comes to chores? What are the expectations when it comes to, to discipline? Are we disciplining each other's kids or no? You know, what are your boundaries? What are you comfortable with as a step-parent? Are you comfortable disciplining my kids? You know, finances. Are we joining finances? That's are what we I was going to say next. finances. Same like, thing with religion. Finances? You know, they're going right now. They are counseling to her pastor. Yeah. She said, but ultimately, what do your religious goals look like? Are they are they aligned? You yeah. know, and if they're not, can they be? Same thing. I mean, it's twenty twenty. You guys, what do your political goals look like? No, yeah, but I mean, it's hard really, to if be. You guys are to on totally totally different pages. <laughs> pages. I what I was going to say. Yeah, but. So, you, you know, you need to have all the conversations about expectations, about house rules. You know, what are your what are your basic core values? What are your goals? Where do you want to be in five years? Do you right. guys want to buy a house together or you find renting forever? You know? Maybe you do a blog on this and make a checklist. Yeah, maybe. But do you want your kids like when, okay, so your kids are 18, right? Are are kids going to be allowed to live with us till they're 25? Like, what's the plan? And if they are, what's the... Do what's they have the expe- to pay rent? Yeah, what's the expectation? they have to get a job? Do they have to be in school? Are they going to do chores? Like, you know, why does one kid get to stay when they're 18 
and we're kicking the other one out. You know, um, all those kinds of conversations need to be have and people, you know, with exes, let's talk about exes because as Eric has told us, exes in our, are going to be in our lives till we're dead. So just because kids are 18, that shit's never going to stop. But look at this. I mean, for instance. So, but no, but like you need to for, have a conversation. For instance, like my daughter just turned 18 a few weeks ago. I've had more conversations with her mom about her since she has turned 18, since before she turned 18. You know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things. Like we have to co-parent. We have to, you have to set boundaries. You have to set rules. Just because the kids turn 18 doesn't mean that they're just done and right. out. There's no finish line. So this is my point. It's like people might think that they're 18 and like we don't have to worry about this shit, but that is so far from the truth. Like, are you going to be okay with my interactions with my ex, you know, and my involvement, whatever that is. I don't know those, you know what I mean? But like, what does that look like? Or is it going to be a forever issue? I don't, you know, but you need to have those conversations um, about and like money. And well, the other thing too, I, I mean, that, yeah, but you guys have a long distance relationship. Guard yourself a little bit too. And I'm not saying like too much, but guard yourself a little bit too. Things tend to change when you're around someone a lot more than phone calls or FaceTime or Skyping or however you guys are communicating right now. Yeah, when Warm you start farting that. in front of each other, it's a whole new world. Dude, going to have to change the color on the walls. Yep. Yep. So, I don't know. If you got more questions on that, let us know. Because, I mean, that it, it, there, it there's is. a lot. There's a lot. Think it's about a lot to think about and talk about. And we have covered podcasts on a lot of this stuff. We do. Some of our earlier If ones. you guys have things that you people should, from your experience, what do you wish you would have talked about with your spouse before you walked down the aisle? What do you wish you would have found out about your stepkids or step being a step parent or the ex? Like, let's compile a giant list, you guys. Message me. Type below on this video. Um, on Instagram, I might do a, actually on Instagram, I'm going to put up a, um, question tonight in our stories and you can answer it and I'll save it for future reference, but let's start thinking about, so we can help other people who aren't yet married, ask the important questions so that they can either work through issues before they walk down the aisle or don't make a mistake. So think about that. Let us know about the mistakes you have made. Guys. And wish, you wish you would have known. It's really good. It's, that's what we're called to do is help each other. So let's right. do that. All right. So if you guys enjoyed this, as always, leave that thumbs up, subscribe, um, leave us a review, type to us, let us know what you guys think, just like you talked about. Feel free to engage with us. Um, we try to get back to you guys as soon as possible. And we do our best. Sometimes it's not great. Sometimes it takes a little longer than others. Sometimes it's it'll be right there. I'll be literally sitting on the computer and I see a message pop up and I'll respond to it right then and there. And yeah. same thing with you on like Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a while to get back. So, yeah. so we appreciate you guys being here. Um, just sharing our blended family with yours and becoming one big blended family. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys, we'll see Have you next time. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.